Hey, welcome to the Church Home Podcast. My name is David, and I'm the CEO here at Church Home. And I'm so glad that you've joined us today. In just a moment, you're gonna hear an encouraging message around the person of Jesus and his love for you. But if we can serve you in any way as a community, we would love to do that. And the best way for you to get connected is to actually chat with one of our pastors on our pastor chat tool, which you can do on churchhome.org or on the Church Home website. And hey, if you've been impacted by this podcast in your walk and journey with Jesus, we wanna invite you to exercise your faith by actually giving in generosity to help the message of Jesus go be spread across the globe through Church Home. And you can do so by texting the word generosity to the number 97,000. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this message. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Eleven years ago, just about this week, we had a, a very unusual experience become part of our history. I've told the story before. Forgive me if you've heard it, but bears repeating, especially on our anniversary. You know, when you're, you have an anniversary, Ginny and I just had our 31st anniversary this last week. And uh, amen. And on your on any anniversary, on birthdays, anniversaries, different things, you know, you rehearse and you go back and, you know, appreciate your history and some of those things. Well, it was 11 years ago, uh, probably just about this week, and I was awakened on a Tuesday morning. I, I, I just came out of sleep with a, a word from the Lord. I mean, God just spoke to me so almost so much it was like audible. It was the closest thing probably that I've had to an audible voice. And the Lord said, cast your net on the other side. And uh, man, it was clear. And I thought, okay, amen, Lord. Yeah, more. Talk to me. And uh, he didn't say anything else. And I said, what do you mean by that? Did we start our church on the wrong side of town? You know what's going on? Talk to me, Lord. Silence, nothing. Got up, refreshed myself, knelt back down, started praying. Okay, Lord, come on, keep talking. Nothing, just nothing. How many know, if you know the Lord, that you've come to know him, that God is a tease? <laughs> I mean, you know, he just, he hints and he teases you, and he, you know, because he wants you to seek him. He wants you to be diligent, and it's the glory, it's, it's the glory of uh, King's uh, uh, glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. So I started praying and said, now Lord, you know, what does that mean? So that's on Tuesday. On Thursday, we had our staff meeting. Our staff is me and Ginny and Jude. And uh, we had it in our offices. Our offices was our house. My office was the den and Ginny's office was in the kitchen and Jude's office was in the garage. But that's, you know, I mean, Jesus started in a manger, Jude, so that was all right. And uh, so we had our staff meeting in the family room on the couch. So we're sitting on the couch, and we're talking and praying, just starting the church. And Jude, we all appreciate because of his uh, prophet, prophetic anointing on his life, and he would always, this has always been true, as long as we've known each other, he would get the same scriptures and the same prophecies that I would get. I mean, one time he was... He came out from Missouri, he and Becky, and was it little Jude at the time? Just John, yeah. little Jude and John. 
And um, they came out to visit, and he gets this word out of Ecclesiastes. Now, nobody gets words out of Ecclesiastes, <laughs> except that I had about a week before that. And it's the same scripture. I thought he found my Bible, snuck into my bedroom, found my Bible, said, I wonder which one Pastor Wendell got, you know. It's just absolutely amazing. So on this Thursday, after I just had this voice from God on Tuesday, we're sitting on the couch in, in our living room, and, and uh, Jude says, Pastor Wendell, I think God just spoke to me about uh, casting our net on the other side. I said, you've got to be kidding. He said that to you? He said, yeah. He said, when? I said, he said, well, today. I said, well, what do you think that means? He says, well, I, he looked at me, he goes, well, I don't know. It just means do whatever he says. I said, yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't know what God, I really didn't know what God was saying. So that's Thursday. Sunday night, uh, we're invited to go across town. We went to some meetings with Pastor Casey Treat. And uh, he was having Bob Harrison speak for him. And he saved us some seats. I was sitting on the front row right here where Pastor Jude is sitting this morning. And Bob Harrison's speaking. And he walks around a lot, never stands behind the pulpit. And he's walking around and he's speaking. He's saying, you know, I don't always know why I say what I say, but I know when the Lord, the Holy Spirit's speaking. And uh, he, he walks over here like this and he puts his hand on my shoulder just leans on me like this, and he's preaching. Everybody says, God wants somebody in here to know that you're to cast your net on the other side. Amen. Come on. And he's got his hand on my shoulder. It was like the laying on of hands and prophecy, okay? I was shocked. I was so shocked. I couldn't believe it. I trembled. I thought, dear God, you are speaking to me. I don't remember anything else Bob said. I got stuck on that. And also all night I'm saying, Lord, okay, net on the other side, other side, other, what's, what, what's the other side, you know? And I, I'm trying to figure this out. Anyway, we talked our way and prayed our way through it. And, and really, of course, uh, the meaning of the story here in Luke 5, and then after the resurrection, Jesus does it again in John 21, where he tells them, to, he says, you know, they're out in the boat and he's on the shore. He says, children, have you got a, do you have any bread? Have you caught anything? And they said, no. He said, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And they did, and their net was full. And John turns to Peter and he goes, it's the Lord. Because <laughs> they knew. It's only happened one other time in their life. Well, this, this scripture became very meaningful to us in the beginning of our church, and, and the simplicity of it is this, that Jesus is the head of his church. He's the head of the city church. He truly is. And we submit to him, we pray to him, we ask for his help, we ask for his guidance all the time and confirmation. And then we wait on him until he speaks, and then when he speaks, we do what he says. So he says, cast your net over there, then we're going to do that. And when we do that, that's when we have the miracles. Now, we can, we can toil all night with our methods and catch nothing. Amen? But... One word from him, <laughs> amen, one word from him, come on, even for you personally, one word from God, change your whole life and your whole destiny. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. I'm blessed and I haven't even got to the good part. So, casting your net on the other side, this story is at the heart of the call of the disciples to follow the man, capital M, the man Christ Jesus, to follow the Son of God wherever he would lead them 
and do whatever he told them to do. And if they would do that, that they would have miracles. Well, all of us see this, and Peter saw this, where God is such a great God, and he has a wonderful plan. God loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. He doesn't just love Americans or just, you know, people from other nations who come to America. Not a, there's not a special favor he has for this land or that land and so forth. No, the Lord loves the world, the planet, every people, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. He's absolutely in love with people. Amen. Of every generation. And he's got such a great plan that he wants to reach all these people. Well, he wants to use us to reach those people. The problem is, is when you see his great plan and all the miracles that he wants to pull off on your behalf to bring about the fulfillment of his purpose, it so overwhelms you, if you really see it, it so overwhelms you that you feel undeserving, unqualified. And you would do the same thing that Peter did if you had a miracle size that he had in the beginning of his call, you would do what Peter did. Peter, instead of saying, oh, Jesus, that was a great miracle. Come on, let's go catch some more fish. He, went, he wasn't excited, actually. It was an overwhelming, un, unbelievable miracle that took place so that nets that were made for fishing were breaking and boats that were meant to contain them were sinking. And Peter falls at Jesus' feet and says, Lord, you shouldn't be in my boat. I'm a sinful man. You don't understand. I'm a sinful man. There's no way you should do stuff like this for me. I'm a sinful man. I think James and John felt the same. Doesn't say that they said anything, but probably felt the same. Jesus' response. Jesus says, don't be afraid. I think he smiled a little bit, and I think he said, you know, don't be afraid. From now on, we're going to catch people. We're going to catch men. And what he says, what he's saying in that statement, even though Peter is expressing really a, a pretty accurate description of himself, Lord, get out of my boat. I'm a sinful man. You don't understand. I'm a sinful man. You shouldn't, you really shouldn't even hang out with me. Lord says, no, I know that. But we're going to go catch people together. We're going to capture people's hearts. And you're going to help me. And we're going to partner together. And we're going to do this. And I'm going to use you, Peter. And as I was reading this and meditating on this this week, and I had other plans. I had Joshua plans for you today. <laughs> Some really good ones. I'm praying. I'm praying with the elders and some intercessors this week, and we were having some days of prayer and fasting. Thank you, uh, those of you who've joined with us. And, and uh, in one of those prayer moments, Holy Spirit just quickened this story to me. And I've read this story. And I've read this story, and I've read this. It's, it's, 
certainly in my top ten out of all the Bible stories in the, in the book. And I saw something I just hadn't seen before. And there's a phrase that I felt like the Lord said, that's the message. And the phrase in Luke chapter 5 was when Jesus, in his response to Peter, he says this, he says, from now on, from now on, from now on, you're going to catch men. From now on, I'm going to use you. Maybe you feel like your life is a failure, but from now on, I'm going to use you. Maybe you feel like, you know, you got some sins kind of stacked up and racked up, and if people really knew what you were like, but from now on, maybe you feel like, you know, you've had a, a pall over your life and a heaviness and an oppression and a, a depression that you fall into and you have problems with your moods and controlling your feelings and everything else, but from now on, God's going to come upon you, he's going to change you, and he's going to use you. But Lord, if you knew my background and some of the, the places I've come from, but from now on, the Lord's still going to use you anyway. And Lord, if you knew the kind of difficulties I've had and the struggles, and I've never had the money, and I've never really held a job like I should, but from now on, the Lord's going to make some changes in your life. And you may feel totally unqualified and unworthy, and, and a person who just says, Lord, uh, I, I really shouldn't have anything to do with this thing that you you want to do in your church and and this thing about taking cities and influencing people and and seeing multitudes come to Christ that, that that's a really great vision and everything else but Lord you need to get out of my life and I, I can't handle this because you have something great to do and I am not qualified but Jesus steps in and says quit doing that quit talking like that and don't be afraid from now on I'm gonna use you from now on I'm gonna make you a different kind of a person and there's a line somewhere that God draws in the sand of your, of your timetable of your life. And he says, look, the time has come. From now on, I'm going to use you in spite of your weakness. From now on, I'm going to use you even though you don't qualify. From now on, I've decided to put my anointing on you and raise you up to become something great even though you feel undeserving and unworthy. From now on, I'm going to use you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, if Jesus never said that, and if that message was never in the Bible, I'm telling you there's nobody that qualifies and nobody that God could use because there's no, not one righteous, no, not one. Not even one person. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But from now on, something new is happening. There's a change coming. Amen. And I, I have a message for you. And the Lord just spoke to me just a, about three weeks ago. And it happened in a staff meeting. And I knew it was from the Lord. And I knew it was for our church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you had no clue when you came to church. You just came to church. Same old church. Yeah, well, praise God. Hallelujah. It's Sunday. We've got to go. What time is it? You know, we better get going. Time to go back to church. Do another round. Do a little, you know. Read a little bit. Glory to God. <sighs> Praise God. Get in the car. Back to work. You come into church and God surprises you. A little intersection in your life. Draws a line, says, from now on, from now on, 
I mean, you might have crawled into the service. Oh, man. I'm sitting in the back, man. I'm sitting in way in the back. I'm in the shadows. I'm, I'm going to go up in the balcony, you know. In fact, I'm going to sit out in the hallway. Because you just, you know, the devil has beat you up. But from now on, hallelujah. And here's a word for you this morning. The test is over. The temptation is passed. The trial is ended. It's over. You're going into a new season in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God draws lines. You say, well, pastor, are you sure? Is it right for you? To, is that doctrinally correct? I don't know, what if I'm still going through it after you tell me I'm, it's over? What do I do then, you know? No, I'm telling you, it's over. I'm telling you, the test is over, the temptation is past, the trial has come to an end in Jesus' name. And it's biblical. It's biblical. When the devil came against Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, didn't eat. And there he is in the wilderness, and the devil came to him. But you know, the devil can come to you, but he doesn't have to live with you. He doesn't have to stay with you. He'll come against you, but the Bible says resist the devil, and he will. And at the end of that temptation, come on somebody, at the end of that temptation, because the temptation ended, at the end of that temptation, the Bible says the devil departed from him. I'm prophesying to you today, the devil is departing from you. Hallelujah. As your faith, so be it unto you. So are you saying the devil will never come back? No, no, I'm telling you he will come back. But he departs for a season. And when he departs, you're going to have one of the most blessed seasons, one of the most happy seasons, one of the most fulfilling seasons, one of the breakthrough seasons. How long is it? Where we have to talk about breakthrough, talk about breakthrough, talk about breakthrough, and never have breakthrough. Someday, you've got a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. We sow and we sow and we sow and we tithe and we tithe and we give and we give. But there's a day coming where you're going to reap and reap and reap and reap and the windows of heaven are going to open up over your life. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. Your lack is not going to last forever. You might be in the middle of a storm, but those disciples that were sent to the other side of the lake, they encountered a storm, a contrary wind in the middle of the lake until a storm that so threatened. Here, these are fishermen. They've been on that lake before, and they've been in storms before. But these fishermen are fearing for their lives till Jesus walks out on the water, gets in their boat, and says, Stop! And I'm telling you, storms don't last forever. Jesus can get into the middle of your storm right when you least expect it and say, that's enough. Stop it. And he shuts it down. He shuts down the wind. He shuts down the resistance. And the devil leaves you for a season. And you'll have peace. I'm telling you, man, you don't have to go through every day getting beat up by the devil. He said, get out of here. From now on, 
Devil, you take Tuesdays off. I don't know, say something. But don't let him come against you every day as if that, that was normal. That's not normal. The devil came against Jesus and the devil left. The devil's going to come against you and the devil's going to leave. You resist him. Come on. I, I, I've been changed by reading a verse in James chapter 1. Blessed, 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 blessed is the man who endures temptation. The Bible doesn't say blessed is the man who overcomes temptation. And this is what's changing me. Because I've, I have always felt, I'm a perfectionist. I see the standard of God. You read the Bible and you read all the best verses and you feel like you don't measure up and you don't qualify. And when other people are passing tests, you feel like you're flunking. But the Bible doesn't say that, that you'll be blessed when you overcome. The, you, you will be blessed if you overcome. But the Bible says you'll be blessed if you just endure it. You just endure that temptation. Come on. I don't think there's probably one person in the room. Maybe we can have a show of hands. Maybe, maybe half a dozen people. I doubt it. Who've ever denied Jesus that he was your Lord and Savior? Peter did it three times in one night in front of some little girl. And Jesus takes Peter and makes him an apostle and leads the church. I'm telling you, if, if Jesus can use Peter, he can use you. And, and it's later Jesus talks to Peter and says, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith won't fail. And when you are, when you are converted, when, you're, when, you're, when you turn around and you come back to me, you will strengthen your brothers. I'm telling you, Peter absolutely flunked his test. And his reward? Apostleship. And nobody thinks about these things. It's like, well, you know, I went, I went through this temptation and I, just, I really blew it and I just, I really flunked out so God can't use me. If he can't use you, he can't use me. And if he can't use us, he can't use anybody else. He's in a world of hurt. He's all on his own. He's going to have to come right back down and try to do this thing all by himself. He must have been crazy to leave the church in the hands of those 12 guys. You know? Think of it. They flunked. From our standards, our standards, not God's, our standards, they didn't pass the test. Not one of them. They all forsook him and fled. They all ran away from him. In the time when he needed them the most on the planet, in the flesh, they all left him. And he still loved them, and he still used them, and he still built a church on them. Didn't he? Didn't he? From now on, the mission is bigger than your mess. The cause is more critical than your faults. Come on. We got men to catch. We got people to capture here in the city. We got a net to cast, and we got a harvest to bring in. And if we, st- if we sit around and we, we, we bow down at the, at, the, at, the, at the feet of Jesus, and we say, Lord, you can't use us. We're too sinful. Oh, he already knows that. 
He knows every detail. Aren't you glad God didn't reveal our sins to everybody? You know, I prayed, you know, that I could walk around and in church, and anybody I put my hand on, I, I could see all their sins. Well, of course, that's not true. You thankful for that? Yeah, you thankful for that. <laughs> no, he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. David, David, and David ought to know. David said, Lord, if you count iniquity, nobody can stand. But there's forgiveness with you so that you may be feared. Say, Pastor, you better watch out because people take advantage of this message and they just go crazy and they just go license, you know, to sin. Yeah, the new covenant, it's a dangerous covenant. It's a grace covenant. And you can take advantage of it and really mess it up. Act like a fool. Live for yourself. Turn the grace of God into lasciviousness and sin. Be crazy you do that. Paul says, what shall we say? So we sin so grace may abound? God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin live in it? How can we live in it anymore? No, we don't do that. You could. Demas forsook Paul. People walked off, went their own way. Yeah, you could do that. I'm crazy. You know what? We don't have time to worry about your foolishness if that's really what you want to do. There's a city filled. We're just talking one city. There's a city filled with people, hungry, thirsty, groping in the darkness, hoping, wishing they don't even know, don't even know how to express it, wishing that someone would lead them to the truth, show them the way, feed them, nourish them, minister to them. And if you focus on your weakness the rest of your life, God will find somebody else. Somebody else. From now on, you're going to catch men. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you in spite of you. You know, there might be somebody in your family in your same row. They know your weaknesses. But you know what? God knows more than they know. Scary. That's scary. That ought to put the fear of God in you. And he still will use you. He'll use us to reach this city. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a divine rod in the hand of God and he just comes down and drawing a line in the sand of your timetable, in your history. From now on, we will catch men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for his grace. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that you become a new person. 
that you will forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And quit pitying yourself and quit thinking about yourself and quit turning around and looking backwards. He who turns around once he's put his hand to the plow and turns around is not fit for the kingdom of God. Come on. We got a job to do. And the church is filled. The entire congregation is unqualified. Gosh, what do we do now? We draw a line, we step over it. But I'm here to tell you something this morning. If you, if you have fought chronic disease and something in your body, it's over in Jesus' name. If you've had, if you had long-standing financial troubles and you just never seem to get on top and you're in debt and you feel like you're sinking, I'm telling you, the test is over. You have endured a test in Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah. If you're having strife in your family or in your marriage and there's been a breakdown or there is a separation, I'm telling you, there's going to be a restoration and a reconciliation. The test is over. God is going to help you, whatever it means. If there's been an oppression and a heaviness that comes on you at times, you know, it just it, maybe it's, it's every Tuesday. I don't know when it is. But for you, it's a certain afternoon. It's a certain time of the week. It's a certain uh, place where you go, a certain set of circumstances that come together and the stars line up or something weird and that oppression comes upon you. In the name of Jesus, it's over and that's lifted it's lifted in Jesus name there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus from now on there's therefore now no condemnation no condemnation no condemnation doesn't matter what your background is doesn't matter how despicable the sin was some of you are thinking that in your mind you got a you got your own caliber and you got your own category of sins and you think that your sin is beyond my message and it ain't it is not this is Jesus talking from that scripture from now on come on there's no condemnation I lift it off of you in Jesus name 